Hey folks and welcome to another episode of the Creator Toolbox. This is all about the nuts and bolts behind the creator business. I'm Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com, joined by Jacob Anderson as always. How are you getting on, Jacob? Pretty good. Good week so far. Good, good. And as always, we've got an excellent guest on today. Somebody I've known for a, a fair few years now, eh? Uh, how are you getting on, Gavin Bell? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. It's, uh, I'm, I'm honoured to be here. What we're going to start with today, we'll start with the tools, jump straight into the tools, I think. And last time, I think we gave Jacob uh, first go. Uh, so I think this time around, we'll be polite and let our, uh, our guest go first. Uh, yeah. So Gavin, do you want to jump straight into uh, your creator tools for this time around? Yep. I know um, I was asked to have two. I've actually got three. So we can, oh, we can nice. cover okay. two or we can cover three. Depends, depends <laughs> where you want to go. Um so go for it. Well, give us give us one to start with. And we'll yeah, we'll give we you one to start with. So we've um, we've been doing a lot of work recently um, for our internal content at, at Yatter, and um, so I've been looking at a lot of different tools how we can make it uh, make it a better process. And the the number one tool that I will bring up is Asana. So we we use Asana for almost all of our um, project work in, in the business, but more recently we've developed a content board within there or project um and it allows us like every idea that we have gets added to an ideas board and then uh, when we film it it gets added to a filmed board and then when it goes to the editor it goes to the editor board and we can set dates and things and 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 um assign people that task who's who's uploading it who's editing it um and that has really really helped us just streamline that creative process um, and you can take it further by, you know, adding all your different guidelines on, you know, for the editor, what sizes that you want, that sort of thing. Um, so Asana's been massive for us. It's been it's been great. Yeah, we use Asana as well. We jumped over to it, what, two years ago now, Jacob, yeah, was it? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so we've been in it a little while now, and it's been um, yeah, it's been really good actually. It's changed a lot of our process. Uh, are you using much of the automations, Kevin? No, we're not. not so, no. if you have cool. any tips, I'm all ears. Yeah, there's a lot in there. We could talk talk even more afterwards, but yeah, there's um, Jenny on our team has done so much work to actually bring in a whole lot of automation with it. There's, I think, the epitome of it is our content management board. Actually, um, Matthew, you know Matthew Gav. Uh, content manager extraordinaire on our team manages basically everything that gets written for our um for the podcast host uh and he manages it all in there with what a half a dozen writers or something so anytime uh somebody submits a pitch then he goes in it sends him a notification at that time he'll do something with it but as soon as there's like a little tick in one of those boxes like to approve that pitch it creates tasks for two or three other people including like create a graphic create uh you know do some um, promo around it create social media posts that kind of stuff so there's loads of automations in there that you can do so that when you tick something off you can say when this is done create these six other things and assign them to these three people and set them for this day in the future so nice. it's been really cool doing that actually because it means that it's all kind of such a slight process i'm gonna have to check that out that sounds nice yeah but it's um there's there's two tiers as well we did lose a couple of them because we went down we were cheap and went down from the expensive mm. tier down to the standard tier at one point i think the well, standard we've, um, stuff so, is, yeah. we've got a, a new one. new employee starting today and we're now 
having to go from the 10 seat plan to the 15 seat plan and that is a painful oh. jump from a billing right. perspective <laughs> <laughs> i know much prefer it when it's per person so it's a slow that's a slower ramp up but this totally. one's uh yeah per five it's pretty nasty all right jacob do you want to go on with yours then yeah mine isn't available so like i really want to play with it what? lots of other people do but it's just something <laughs> very interesting to look at um i don't know if you guys have seen any clips of this sora um OpenAI's new video model so like do you remember um i don't know like a year ago or something like that and some of the attempts at ai generated video it just looks a little bit like a sort of nightmare <laughs> it's actually just really creepy <laughs> but this stuff is coming out from sora um there was one particular clip which stood out and it was a it was a pirate ship battle in a teacup and the way that it sort of I accounted for the size of the mug and the way that the water was moving it's actually all like it's sort of simulating physics as you go and i think that whenever this becomes public and if it's actually as good as they're probably very selective clips like to show us i think that that's gonna um it's going to give people so much more scope to create video where at the moment they might need to pay what thousands of dollars to get something kind of not face the camera but like something animated or something filmed or something like that i think that's going to be huge for creators um i think there's lots of still lots and lots of fear about what damage ai is going to do but i think some things like this for people that have the right ideas um for people that are operating on lower budgets they're going to build a describe what they want they're going to be able to get it i think it's really really exciting so i'm dying to get my hands on it um so it's a bit of a cop-out tool for me because it doesn't actually exist yet but i just wanted to bring it up because it's very very cool <laughs> do we know when it's yeah. gonna be out i don't think they've actually said um no. going pa off of past releases though it'll probably be a, a lot quicker than we think um they're not known mm. for showing stuff and then not letting you use it for a very very long time so i imagine it'll be next three months that's my that's my personal prediction yeah yeah have you uh, had any ideas yet gav how you might uh might use this yeah Sounds like, you've seen like it. it's just one of those it's like a pandora's box of just like opportunity i think mm. there's you know you think if you're if you're sitting one day and you're going i need to create a piece of content to put on social it's like, well, I need to get somebody to film it. I need a script. I need X, Y, Z. I need all these things and need it then edited. It's like quite a high barrier to entry if you've not got that sort mm -hmm. of like system in place. Whereas now I think like you can just go on to well, ChatGPT or Sora. I don't know whether it's going to be integrated and just say, I need a video of X, Y, Z. And I presume within minutes you'll have something that's of decent quality. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And, um, I think the opportunities are going to be endless. I mean, from an advertising perspective, it's like, so we can split test hundreds of different things now at scale and mm -hmm. see what works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so mm -hmm. cool. I actually, I love the fact that it had the example that stood out to me was that, um, the fly through of the gold rush village. So it was yeah. less about even like less about creating something that I can put out there into the world and more about actually being able to have a look at something that i wouldn't be able to see otherwise mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. creating something that you know you just want visualized for yourself almost mm -hmm. like educationally kids in schools being able to actually just create a, a video of something that we don't have 
video of because it's historical or even if it's kind of theoretical or something. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was really cool. There's something mm-hmm. amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. You could you can almost like upload like Harry Potter. I mean, there's movies, so maybe not the best example, but like Harry Potter <laughs> transcripts or whatever, and yeah. and then have it visualize a book for you. Like that's yeah, really cool. Yeah. yeah. What I want to know is how quickly is someone going to make the first together? Uh, lag. Um, how quickly is someone going to make the first feature length movie with something like this? That's what I really want to yeah. know. And how quickly they're going to be able to get there uh, for storytelling? I think in general, it's yeah, it's going to be tremendous. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I know they were talking about that from the start, weren't they? When generative AI was first kind of hyping up, like it was going to end up with uh, people being able to, you know, generate a game on the fly, just mm-hmm. the way you want to play it, the exact game that you want. Same with movies, like your own personalized movie. But yeah, it's looking closer and closer. Mm-hmm. All righty. So my tool for this week is uh, more a mindset, more a model than anything else um and i know i've talked to you about this jacob i'm curious if you've come across it gav in your uh, your travels recently but it's something i've been using to uh design a new product for ourselves so we're oh i suppose a review of an old product we've always run uh, an academy so education coaching for podcasters teach people how to run a successful podcast and i've been thinking a lot recently about how we enhance that how we take it away from just courses just education towards something that's actually much more action-based something that actually helps people do stuff um and i came across a model recently which i found really useful for this and it was in the uh clickbaity hypey titled book called uh 100 million dollar offers by uh, alex hormozzi have you come across this gavtol i've read the book yep you have, yeah. Mm. So I, 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 the title aside, I hate, I hate the fact that it's named that because it's actually got some really useful, cool stuff inside it. Um, but uh, put that aside, this model in it really stood out to me because um, I found, I have found in the past, like thinking about solutions to, you know, the problems that podcasters have, you end up just sort of listing out some of the questions you were asked and like try to figure out generally courses and things like that as well. But what it takes you through is i suppose you could call it the what's next model this is i don't think he actually had an official name in it in the book but it was it was around what's next so you think about when somebody commits to your solution or some commits to your um action i guess it is because for us that's somebody decides they want to start a podcast so they come along they say right i know i want to start a podcast i have made that decision now, what's next? What's the next problem they experience after that? Uh, so for us, commonly, the first one is um, gear. Uh, as Rightly or wrongly, it shouldn't be. They should be thinking about other things first, but it's almost always the first person to think about is microphones. And so uh, what, how can we help people with that? So I don't know why, but that model just started me thinking more about... Um, actions and tools and resources rather than straight courses because in the past i would always just make a little course about what mic to buy but instead i thought well actually the problem is like how do they choose the mic so maybe i create a mic chooser tool instead or maybe i create a little checklist that guides them or a flowchart that guides them to the right thing something like that and i'm like all right cool right what's next after they've solved that okay maybe now they finally get around to the topic and the audience all right what can i do there so i've got a course 
but actually he gives a load of examples around different types of solutions as well. And the whole mindset around as well, thinking about not just things that are realistic, but going a bit crazy. Like if you had all the money in the world and all the time in the world, what's the solution to this problem that comes next? And so if it's topic, maybe, you know, it comes anything from, it's just a small course, right up to, I turn up in their office for a day and actually work through, like think about their whole business and their product and everything and how that ties into the pod. So I went through this and I went through like 15, 20 different what nexts. And it actually gave me so many ideas around different types of products, different types of solutions, different little tools and resources that we can build around it. So I found that really, really useful. I just thought it was a great structure. Have you actually used that, Gav, in anything you've done since you read the book? Um, I, I love that as well. I think it's because um, they, they say like information is easy to get. It's the implementation bar- part that's always hard. Yeah. keeps people back. So I've always been a big fan of um, like creating a roadmap of some form. So we had a, a small membership site back in the day and we've we found that the most successful part of that was essentially creating a roadmap which was a series of courses in in uh, like in order of the way that people should be doing it um and i guess it's probably similar to the work that we do at the agency as well it's like right client on board right what's what's next it's what we need to do xyz and and carry on so i probably um I've never thought about it from Hormozy's perspective of like, hmm, what's next? Um, well, maybe a tool is good here. Maybe some in-person time is good here. Maybe a blog post is fine here. But I, I love the concept of just like, I mean, it sounds basic, doesn't it? But like step-by-step walking somebody through what yeah. they need in, in what moment. I like it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I, there was, you're right. It is. It seems really simple, but there was something about it. And I've told so many people about it since then as well. And they, sometimes they look at me a bit like, well, it sounds a bit obvious, doesn't it? And I'm like, well, have you done it? <laughs> <laughs> and it just, there is, there is something about that sequence and thinking about it that way and, and putting it in there. It doesn't just have to be teaching them something. So yeah, I love it. It's cool. What I got from it is that it's a mindset switch and that's why it seems so silly and simple. <laughs> it's um particularly from the perspective of what products you should make what tools you should make what lead magnets you should make rather than uh, i think what people default to is they try and just build something anything rather than first thinking about actually what is the most powerful sell and then building that they usually do it the other way around they build it and then they figure out how to sell it um but if you figure out what it is and how to sell it first before you even make it i think you're putting yourself in a much better position right gavin you said you had uh, three tools for us go for it give us another one yeah so th- so the next one i've got is more less of a actual tool and more of a philosophy or style or approach that we've taken nice yep so, so go back maybe six months ago my thought process when it came to content was like right well you come up with an idea you come up with a script and then you film that piece of content and typically that for us it's always it's really always video that i'm speaking about more so than blogs and things um and we would do that and what we found was we were ended up spending like the majority so the way that we work bit of context is we do one office day a week and so we tend to film videos on that one office day but what we found is we were spending like a like serious amount of time like half a day filming content and we would maybe have three three or four videos to show for it at the end of the day. And um, I was like, there has to be a better way of doing this. 
And so as, as you do scrolling Instagram, TikTok, seeing what other people are doing. And I came across this like, again, it's, it's really basic when you think about it, but it's completely changed the game for us. I came across this idea of just like mini vlog style. So rather than coming up with an idea, scripting it, filming it, editing it, was actually, why don't we just film more of the day-to-day in the office? So whilst people are working, you know, if there's if somebody's training somebody in the corner, like, right, let's just take a camera up to them with a microphone and say, right, what are you doing? And they'll go, ah, well, we're training X, Y, Z in this. Or, you know, ah, an idea has just come to my head. Let, let, me, let me show you what this idea is on the whiteboard. Or, you know, Dave's taking a call. It's like, film Dave taking the call and then Dave can tell people what he spoke about on that call and 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 we thought about so we started doing this right and we started posting you know these videos ended up being like 15 20 seconds and we still do this unscripted take no time at all to film super fast to edit and because they're super fast to edit we can throw in you know nice little animations and stuff to try and get people to to pay attention it's non-disruptive in the working day because people aren't having to like switch to video creation mode and the engagement that we get on them is so much better. So it's been a massive shift for us where we've now got this system where it's there's less effort and less thinking, but the engagement on the other side is, is far, far better. So this sort of like vlog, I call it like micro vlog style content. Um, it's almost taking like a TikTok approach to to content and this is of this is obviously short form so this wouldn't work for like big youtube videos but for posting on social and using in ads that type of thing it's working really really well for us yeah. and um yeah it's it's been a it's been a massive mindset mindset shift for me and um yeah. seems to be working really well that's really cool what what have you got a thought on why they're engaging more i think i mean if i look at my like if I go on social and, and watch videos, I'm watching the same. So I think it's, you've got this, uh, there's the element of, well, it's a 20 second video, so I can just watch it. If you try and get somebody with a, an interesting hook as well at the start, it catches attention. Yeah. But what we've also tried to do is try and steer slightly away from the like just random stupidness of tiktok videos and and try and tailor them to more like authority building so for example if it's me on a whiteboard i'll be sharing a a, a concept or an idea or a marketing tip or um so it's all or it might be a testimonial like oh i've just spoken to xyz client and they've gotten this result so it's like we're still trying to show authority testimonials but we're just doing it in this sort of like tiktoky style um, and I think, you know, TikTok is the way that people consume video these days. So we have to adapt to make content like that, as opposed to our kind of traditional model would have been like three minute videos for everything. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think we're yeah. just sort of moving with yeah. the, that's just like how people consume these days. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That mindset of just, you know, it's behind the scenes content that people tend to love. It's just kind of making content out of your day-to-day work that I find a lot of people when we've tried to get folk, you know, talking about just their day-to-day lives and on podcasts and they're like, is that not a bit boring? You're like, no, that's, that's exactly what your audience wants to hear about. Like how totally. you, how you live, what you do, like how you do what you do, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's really mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> All right. Have you got your final one, Gav? And then we'll uh, we'll jump into the work that you do as well. 
Yeah, final one. So this is all kind of based on the same like content shift that we've had. So mm-hmm. Asana for organizing all of that, the vlog style. Um, so that sort of takes into consideration the creation of the content. But I've been using Agora Pulse a lot recently for the actual distribution of those pieces of content. Mm-hmm. So I can, mm-hmm. it's really cool. I can basically, I know that there's lots of schedulers that do this, but Agora Pulse is really nice because you can take your video, upload it, add your thumbnail, tick a box on which platform you want it to go out and you can edit the the caption for each of those really easily or have it all the same. And you've got features to do things like add a first comment on Instagram. But the reason, so mm-hmm. that's really cool, the scheduling feature. Um, but it's also great because once you're plugged into all of your different channels, you can see all of the comments that come in. And from my perspective, it's great because you can see all the comments from your ads as well. And when you've got like yeah. hundreds of ads running at any one time, right. it's really hard to see all the, co- like keep up to track with all the commentary. So Agora Pulse lets you basically see a feed of ad ad comments and respond to them. Also DMs, you know, everything essentially. So it's a great like one place that I just on my daily to-do list, check, go onto Agora Pulse, check all the commentary on all the ads, all the posts and DMs, that yeah. sort of thing. And I get it done in like five minutes. So yeah, it's great. That's your inbox for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. Have you used that at all, Jacob? Do you know, it's one of the only that I haven't. <laughs> I don't know why. Why, um, what, what about <laughs> Agora Pulse do you like versus some of the, like, what, your your buffers and your hoot suites, that kind of thing. So what differentiates it for you? Well, I have to be honest, and I know the guys at Agora Pulse, so I've got a free uh-huh. lifetime subscription to that'll it. do it that's so that's definitely one of the main reasons i like it um, yeah but when i first Fair started thing. using it i don't think there was any platform could be wrong that sort of tied into the ads comments feed as well as they did um mm. and for me that was like the that was like the icing on the cake so yeah the i mean the free subscription definitely helps but that that part of it also for me is great. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about it. There's um there's a few people we know who uh who use it pretty religiously are actually evangelists for it. You know, you know Ian Anderson Gray as well. Yep. Uh, Gav, don't you? He used to be an an evangelist for them, did a lot of work for them because it was a great tool. So yeah, and there's others too. So yeah, I would trust it. All right. Shall we move on to creators then? So, uh, Gav, you're our creator of the week, obviously, coming on. Oh. So uh, we'll dig into a bit of what you do. So I never introduced you uh, too deeply at the start because I was going to do it now. But you're the the founder, is that right, of Yatter? That's or, great. Is it co-founder? Did you do it with somebody else? No, it's just me. Just yourself. You're the founder of Yatter, a PPC agency. Um your goal to help everyone get more conversions, more traffic, all that kind of stuff. How do you describe it to the world yourself? Uh, we basically describe it as we are we're a paid advertising agency that has mm-hmm. a sole focus on on driving business growth for clients. So one of the things that we are really keen to try and do is not just report to clients and say, you've generated X number of leads this month. It's to say, you've generated X number of leads and that's resulted in Y revenue. Um, yeah. So that's obviously a lot easier when it comes to e-commerce brands because it's black and white. But lead generation, there there tends to be a lot more 
deeper analysis has to be done. But we, um, again, this was more of a project that we started last year to really try and change, like move from being an advertising agency almost to trying to be more like business growth consultancy almost that mm, does that yeah. via paid advertising. Um, I can, uh, like there's, there's two, there's two things I think is going to happen to agencies over the next few years. Um, one agencies will have to move to that model because AI, essentially AI is coming for us. And, um, with machine learning on the likes of meta, it means that the media buying element of what we do is becoming smaller and smaller. And the, and so we need to get better at the business side and the creative side, but Sora may change all of that as, um, Jacob alluded to earlier. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really our focus is like, is dri driving business growth through advertising. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So you think there'll be much less specialism in terms of marketing agencies? Seeing it already, seeing it already. It's, um, yeah, you know, really. from Google's got Pmax, Facebook's got Advantage Plus. It's like, you know, before, if we were to build a campaign, even two years ago, the structure of that campaign is very different to what the structure of a campaign looks like now. And, and generally speaking, there's less work involved from a campaign build perspective. All of the work now comes in the strategy, the um, ability to test creative copy, because we don't, you know, if we were, if we were running ads for, uh, let's say Agora Pulse two years ago, you know, we'd be targeting mm. one group might be social media managers. Another group might be people that are interested in buffer and you'd split it up into like loads of different audiences. Now Facebook does that all for you. So the, the con the creative part is, is a lot more important. Wow. Okay. I, I, I was, I've got a bunch of questions to ask you about your creating these days. You mentioned about video a minute ago, but I'm pretty sure Jacob's probably got some questions about this. <laughs> so I'm going to bring him in just now, but because uh, Jacob's backgrounds in agencies as well. So mm. uh, yeah, you're in the fantastic around that first, Jacob. Yeah. How did you get started? How did you make your first buck? Good question. Um, so I, I had a, a business where I, um, worked with personal trainers to put such a bad idea put them into corporate environments to run fitness oh. sessions and mm -hmm. um, that business was a total failure made absolutely no money and but what i got from that business was relationships with personal trainers and i realized that they were pretty bad at marketing and um so i sort of said to myself oh well, i could go into the social media marketing world and try and make um try and make a name for myself in there and that's what I sort of did. And then I, one of those clients asked me whether I could run some ads for them. And I was like, well, I don't know how to do it, but we can, you know, we can try it. And, um, we did that and it actually worked really well, probably more f luck than anything. But what that showed me was you can, with, with social, with organic social, it's very hard to prove a return with paid advertising. It's you, you're either making money or you're not, it's black and white. And I thought to myself, well, if I make a client money, then why would they ever leave? And so I sort of took it upon myself to go down the route of trying to be, my goal was become the best Facebook advertiser in the UK. That was always my goal. And um, so the business took various forms of like, I was a freelancer, I had a course, um, we had some clients and then in 2000 and, and the business sort of did okay. And then in 2021, we decided, right, 
let's scrap the courses, let's scrap the membership site, and let's focus on building a team, building an agency. So we went through the branding process, came up with the brand Yatter, and um, so we've doubled in size each year since 2021. So um, yeah, it was really, really like small start of just freelancing, working with some small clients, um, one-on-one in Edinburgh, and then slowly but surely have sort of grown and um, working with better clients and, and building a great team. Mm-hmm. It's been really cool to see that journey, actually, watch mm-hmm. you go through that over the last five plus years, more than that, isn't it? Like a decade now. Um, yeah, it's scary. <laughs> I remember you. So the quick, get back, <laughs> back to my, uh, my content questions, because I remember you, the first, like when we first met, you were uh, a pure, like you were deep in creating, weren't you? You were, you were a vlogger. You did mm-hmm. so much video. How many, how often were you publishing in that one of those days? Um, I went through, well, I sort of was like, right, I need to do video. And so I, yeah. I went through a period where I made a video every day for a hundred days. And then um, from there, I basically did one every week. But then I've, mm-hmm. I've like since then I did like pod you know I started podcasting and blogging so like at the height of my creating because I've sort of taken more a bit of a backseat is um, I was doing like probably a blog a video and a podcast every week or something it was like it was ridiculous yeah. it was like absolutely ridiculous yeah. how much yeah you know I, I was basically a full time <laughs> creator and trying to run a business at the same time. Um, and I say it's ridiculous, but I mean, that's, that's what got me like that, that has had a massive impact on my career. So, um, I don't think I could do it now with a child and a wife. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could, I'm sure you could, if you do, you put your mind to it, but no, it's much, much harder. <laughs> um, what did you learn from those days of putting out, uh, your hundred day series? What, what did you learn about consistency that people could use? I think probably a bit of context on the hundred days was I was like I need to do video, but I'm really nervous about it. Like I, the idea of getting on front of camera and creating something like terrified me. Um, so I was like, the only way I'm going to do this is if I just jump in at the deep end and have zero care about like the quality of those those videos. So there's no editing, nothing. It was purely just like record myself and upload it. And I think, you know, when you get to like day 43, you're no longer bothered about what people are thinking about you because you're just, mm-hmm. it's just part of what you do now. Um, and I think what what those 100 days taught me was, was, a, was one, that, like, nobody really cares. Like, once you've done like two or three videos, nobody really cares. Um, and it also taught me just... You, you start seeing what's working and what's not. So like, you know, back then I was getting like maybe 20, 20 views on a bad video, maybe like 300 on a good. Um, so you sort of go, right, why did that get 20? Why did that one get 300? And then you start getting a bit better and then your your bad videos might be 300 and your good's 1,000. And you sort of just sort of learn what's working and what's not working. You know, there's, there was one day I made a video in that 100 days where I literally, the only time in my life that I've had no voice, like voice completely gone. And so I just made a video telling people that I had no voice. Um, and that I think was one of the best performers, weirdly. But, you know, you start to just like, you start to just um, 
get into a bit of a flow. And it was after that 100 days, I was like, you know what? I actually really enjoy this video thing. So what would happen if I started to take it a bit more seriously and actually did edit it and try and think of a story and try and think of a script? And then that's when I went into the weekly content um, where I did that. And I got deeper at that point, I guess. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that mindset. Yeah, just the, the fast iteration. There's nothing better than, yeah, creating stuff so frequently that you can you can just see quickly, like what's working, what's not. You can change it quickly as well. And just that iteration loop just helps you improve so quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, like if you um, post a video once a week, you, you've got 50 videos at the end of the year. If you post a video every day, you've got yeah. 365. So you're going to learn a lot more in that 365, yeah. even if the videos aren't great. <laughs> so you said that you've taken a bit of a backseat on it just now. It sounds like you're still doing content though with Yatter. So your team's creating, I'm sure you're having input on that. What yeah, would I, you, I think I sorry, probably, I, I, I say I've taken a backseat. It's probably because I was way too intense with the content back in the day. Um, yeah, I think the, the, the approach to content has changed. So like I mentioned earlier, like we go for this more vlog style now. Um, and before, before the in, end of last year, we actually sort of experimented posting one of those videos every day, five days a week. Um, and now we do like three videos a week. And there's not been much of a difference. So the, again, this is just an, an example of like testing, like just test what works for your business and your audience. So I go, well, three videos a week versus five, I'm going to do three if there's not much difference because it's less work. Um, so I think the back seat is probably more like because I'm getting the team involved. I'm not on camera all the time anymore. Whereas before there was a period in time where I hired a videographer purely to film me. Um, so content's still a massive part and like I'm involved in all those videos and I'm, I've got the final say on whether the videos go live, that sort of thing. Um, but I'm trying consciously to, because I don't want the business just to be, be about me, I'm trying consciously to, you know, get the team involved in all the content that we make yeah. as well. Yeah, and amplify your skills, all that stuff that you've learned, all that experience that you've got, you put that into five or ten more people, then suddenly you've got a really good machine there to run the mm -hmm. business, for sure. Totally. And, and the guys are smarter if, than me as well. So I want to share yeah. their knowledge than, rather than mine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's the best approach, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> um, if you were starting a new one, so if you were if you were going to create something new just now, you got any gaps or that you see out there in terms of content that you think you could fill or anything that's actually just uh, scratching an itch with you just now? Yeah, I've actually had this conversation with a number of people. Like, I'm, I feel ready. I'm ready to get yeah stuck into something again um <laughs> i think there was a period sort of when i went through when we went 2021 where we were like right creating the yatter brand there was a period where i was like right i need to be laser focused on building this business and so that's when i sort of consciously said right let's cam let's tone down the content so you can build this business now the business is mm -hmm. in a great place it's like right i'm, I'm ready i'm ready to share again and i've got a lot more experience now of you know building a team and all these different types of things so i think i i want to i think i probably want to speak more about like business and business lessons rather than marketing that's probably mm -hmm. the itch that i have right now um like the 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 things that i've tried and have worked and things i've tried and haven't worked um so 
that's definitely on the horizon. That's why I have this mic, but I've not done anything with it yet. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, and, and to answer your question, I think that'll be in the form of pod, a podcast. So I, I love the idea of right. um, sitting down, having a conversation with people and um, sharing that with the world. So Great coming stuff. soon. Uh, looking forward to it then. See your new podcast coming soon. Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> Jacob, what have you got for Gav? You've got a couple of questions. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask about the transition from being a solo creator to having a team, because I think that that is something that most creators have as quite a big milestone, quite a big goal. You know, I think everyone wants to get to the point where they they have the option to actually step back and say, you guys keep this going. I'm going to have a think about what I'm going to work on next. But it, yeah, it's easy to see that as all kind of sunshines and rainbows, but what um what did you find difficult what did you uh, or if anything maybe it was easy but was there was was there anything difficult about that transition um i think we've we've had challenge i think in the whole i've i would say i've found it relatively easy because the types of people that we have brought onto the team have all in the early days will have seen my video content so they knew that i make videos mm. and then as the team starts to build, they they see the content that Yatter creates. And, and we'll quite openly ask people, like in the interview stages, like, are you comfortable being on video? I mean, it's a, it, it, they have to be because they're going to be speaking to clients on video calls. Um, yeah. So, so I, I, I would say it's been relatively easy. I'd say some of the hard parts for me have been maybe when people are a little bit uncomfortable being on video and having to you know cater to that essentially um and yeah. and not push certain people to do something that they don't want to do but again i think i keep coming back to this vlog style context it's been such a game changer for us like now i'm not asking the team to sit down and script a video and get involved in the video process it's more just like ah what do you think about this and they'll answer it on on camera and they're all comfortable and they know that that's what we do and that's part of like the office day so people are a lot more comfortable because they don't always feel like they're on video when they are and we've done Mm -hmm. um content where we call it like the podcast corner and we've got these mics set up and we will just film a conversation so we'll get people to have a conversation about something and we'll film it and within a couple of minutes people don't actually realize that they're they forget that they're on camera. There's no act. They just have a conversation. And then the editor can go and clip that into little clips. So I think because it's been sort of built into the culture of Yatter from like day one, it's been quite an easy journey. And um, I think that's key is, is making sure that people understand like this is the culture that we have here. We are, you know, we make video. Good stuff. So yeah, who have you got, Gavin? Who's so your creator of the week? My creator of the week is a guy called Jake Hughes. So his Instagram handle is Jake Hughes and it's got three S's at the end. So Jake Hughes, S-S-S. And um, so this this guy, I actually don't know fully what his background is, but I came across him recently just in my like For You feed. And basically what he does is he like, he'll be in his car and there'll be a plumber in front of him and he'll phone the plumber with the number on the van and he'll be like, hi mate, yeah, I've just been on your website and he'll try and pitch that person like a new website, for example, and you you get that conversation, and it's just really cool. It's like it's not these sort of like yeah. cringy cold call 
type videos. It's like a legit guy in the UK phoning a legit plumber to uh, see if he's interested in the website. And sometimes the conversations are really like just really cool to listen to. Um, he's not trying to like teach you how to cold call. He's just doing it. Um, so I like him and, uh, and his like editing style and stuff is really cool. So I recommend checking, checking him out. Nice. So that's YouTube primarily. Uh, that's Instagram. Yeah. He might be on YouTube and all the other platforms, but Instagram is, um, is where I came across it. Style quite, uh, short spaced. Short form, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, also, yeah, I mean, cool. I'll, I'll add in a bonus creator here as well. I, I didn't put him on my list because I, it's not very businessy. But Jack Joseph has to be—he—he's the one creator right now where I will actively go on his Instagram to see if he's published any videos because I find him so funny. Like his <laughs> sense of humor is just hundred percent my sense of humor. So those yeah. are my two. Jake and Jack. And what's what's his kind of content? What's his style? Uh, he'll do things like um, t- taking the mick out of like UK gender reveals, and um, right. It's really, it's, I think it's really hard to explain unless you just go check him out and right. you'll you'll watch okay. his video okay. and you'll be like, "This is <laughs> not for me whatsoever. Not funny at all." Or you'll find it hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Kind nice. of like his so, videos are 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 uncomfortable to watch sometimes because of like how he acts, <laughs> Ricky Gervais style potentially. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jake Hughes. Then are you are you saying you kind of so the learning from him is around the kind of authenticity there? He actually just does the thing. He's not trying to teach you. I think yeah, I think so. It's it, again, it probably comes back to this sort of like vloggy style. It's like. Yeah. There's no just follow along. There, yeah, there's no like here's how to cold call a plumber and sell him a website. It's literally just like, ah, watch me cold call this plumber and see what happens. And I'm kind of like I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm like, ah, phoning somebody's <laughs> phone number because you've seen the number in a van, that's really interesting to me. Like let's let's see how this goes. Um Yeah. 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 So it's it's and, stuff and like that. I mean he's got other like really well edited sort of vloggy vloggy right. short form yeah. vloggy type content as well but it's those yeah. those ones that hooked me into him there's definitely there's something really interesting about a video where um you think <laughs> presuming they haven't set it all up if it is real like they don't know how it's going to go either yeah you know they starting a video and they're in the same situation as you it's like i have no idea if this is going to work or not that's that's quite a cool premise i like that <laughs> there is a i'm going to throw in another Alrighty. bonus one Sorry. Oh yeah, I'm, go for I'm it. Coming no, with all, we want as many I'm breaking the rules here. <laughs> and and this one's probably not very good because I can't remember the guy's name. But there's a guy on Instagram that pops up in my reels <laughs> every so often and he's got glasses and um he basically breaks down viral videos. So he'll uh, Okay. Yeah. Like and his, and and in his videos he's doing the viral techniques to to get you to watch and i saw i literally mm-hmm. saw a video just before i came on i wish i saved his name but he said he'd um got over half a million followers in the last 16 months basically doing this um if i if i can remember his name i'll send it over and you can maybe put it in the show notes or whatever but um, yeah send it along yeah he's uh he's a really interesting guy as well to follow just from a like learning yeah. He basically takes all the videos that he sees and then breaks them down to be like, this went viral because, which is cool. Yeah. 
So directly teaching the techniques. Nice. Good stuff. All right. Thank you, Gavin. Thanks for coming on. It's been really interesting. Yeah, Some good tools great. there. A couple of good creators and learned a ton from your experience as well. Uh, so, I mean, people can find you for sure over at weareyatter.com. That's the main place, isn't it? That's where your agency is. But is there anywhere else that you are uh, publishing anything else you want to bring up to people before we um, go? I'm probably most active these days on LinkedIn. So if you just mm-hmm. type in Gavin Bell or Mr. Gavin Bell on LinkedIn, you should you should see me there. I mean, I'm all on all the Here's on the, all the channels at Mr. Gavin Bell, all but LinkedIn's where I spend most of my time. All the places. Bonus question, and since you mentioned that, because I'm uh, doing a fair bit on LinkedIn, although I've kind of slowed down in the last month, I'll be honest. <laughs> What's working for you on uh, LinkedIn just now? The, I mean, the video content that we're producing that. Mm-hmm. Um, seem to be doing really, really well on LinkedIn, and um, I back it up with the occasional uh, written post where I try and take something that's happened in in life and then create create a lesson, like form a lesson from it. So the one that I haven't written, but my next one that I'm going to write is I went out for lunch and the waitress tried to upsell me four times, and I was like, that's a, <laughs> that's a great business lesson. Like that's phenomenal. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, that's my next post. You are you are good at that. I've noticed that. There, there's. I've seen a few posts from you in the last six months or so that have gone um, very widely shared because you've found something quite personal, but which actually has some quite widely, uh, you know, applicable lessons. Mm-hmm. And you're really good at putting them together into a nice story, which actually has some real kind of action at the end. Like I see a lot of people putting those stories out there and thinking that just pure transparency or just like sharing something kind of awkward or bad or something will be enough. But actually you take it and you actually turn it into something real, um, really useful. So yeah. No, you do that I really try, I think I probably try, like it helps me. It's like, right, that yeah. taking the time to write, I'm like, that was, you know, it's a really interesting thing that that person did. What can I learn from that? And just like the process yeah. of writing that sort of formalizes the lesson, I guess. Yeah, yeah. indeed, indeed. Great stuff. All right. Thanks again, Gavin. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time. Thanks to you too, Jacob, for uh, being a co-host as always. Thank you, listener out there, for listening. As always, go and check us out at thepodcasthost.com if you want to run your own podcast and alatu.com if you want to check out our tool for running that podcast. That's call recording, audio cleanup, editing and publishing. We'll see you on the next episode.